This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. The High Regard Show. It's two snaps, a twist, and a kiss. Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. And we're back. We are week 51. Oh my God, it's almost a year. I know, after, after you know, next week we're not going to like be like, week 53, we're not going to be like those parents where like, my kid is 17 months old. Yeah, but when we get to like week 103, because then we could, that's the two year mark almost, then we could be like that, you know? I guess, if you know math. Or even if you say week 100, I feel like you'd be like, oh, it's week 100. I feel like that's yeah. a big kind yeah. of milestone. TV shows like celebrate like, you know, 100 episodes. Like that's a big deal. It's all 100 episodes. And we got who? Mario Lopez. Oh, my God. No, we're not getting Mario <laughs> Lopez. Sorry, Mario. I would just it. like to like interview Mario Lopez as Mario Lopez because I feel like there's like seven Mario Lopez egos out there. I don't think you would get a chance to interview Mario Lopez. I feel like Mario Lopez would just Bulldoze. talk about Mario Lopez. He would just yeah, and I bet you he talks like in the third person, like when he's talking to his kids or whatever. I bet he's like, Mario Lopez wants you to go to sleep. Here comes Mario Lopez with the airplane food, like. We talked about this before, even when he's on, like, his, like, show, like, on weeknights. And he's, like, every time he's in the middle of interviewing, he's like, my friend. And then, like, he'll, like, say, you know, he'll go interview somebody, like, let's say, J-Lo. I don't know. <laughs> and he's out there and he's talking to her. It's 1998. <laughs> Whatever. And he'll be talking to her and he'll be like, you know, oh, so tell me about whatever. And she'll, like, start to tell a story. And then all of a sudden he'll turn around and be like, well, I, Mario Lopez. <laughs> And he always does that. And we have this on-running joke where it's kind of like if one of us in real life, not on the show, and maybe we should start doing it on the show as a bit. We should, yeah. A Mario Lopez bit. Yeah, when somebody starts getting out of control and running, like, too long into something, you just jump in and it's like, well, I, Mario Lopez, <laughs> and it's kind of, and you start telling your end of the story. And because... listeners, I wonder if you can guess who gets Mario lopez more than the other in this relationship. Actually, it's probably you, because I really do enjoy talking, so when you're talking, it's stopping me from doing so, so... Every time you start to true, say something, I'm true. like, oh, exactly. I'm Mario Exactly, like you Lopez. literally just did right now. <laughs> I know I did. But surprisingly, Mario Lopez has nothing to do with this week's episode. <laughs> it's a lot, man. We got a lot there's going a lot. on. Yeah, it's, there's a lot. It is, it is crazy. We got a fantastic guest for you. We do. And Dare I say fabulous. You could say fabulous because I, I was seriously going to I was going to say fabulous. <laughs> I when I was typing it I was just like, "Oh god, because of some of the things that we get into, it's like, oh, we have to be careful." And it's like, "No, we don't have to be careful. You have to be careful of being too politically correct." Ooh, yeah, like you, you that you know, like the yeah, you, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got it. And in addition <laughs> to having a fabulous guest, we are also debuting a brand new segment this week, Tom. I know you are. How exciting for us all. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that after this week's You Heard. You Heard! So I have been waiting for the, to use this week's You Heard for quite some time. And it just, it totally goes with this week's, um, with this week's story. Um, not only just because it came to us from 9th and 6th 
which mm-hmm. is near where this week's story is going to be taking place. Well, we do try to tie it in. Yes, we do try to tie it in when we can. But the quote is as follows. We are getting our queen on tonight, bitch. <laughs> and I heard it near 9th and 6th. It was a Saturday night. It was very late. We were coming back from somewhere. And I don't even know. I think we were just going to dinner. We were coming back from like a late dinner or something. And these two... Ladies were dressed to the nines in sequins and wigs and heels that I would never be able to walk in. And I certainly hope that they got their queen on. <laughs> because I was like, I want to get my queen on with them too. After finishing an awesome dinner, because no matter where we go, it's awesome. True. And it wasn't enough for you. You still had to get your queen on. <laughs> and that is this week's greedy and telling <laughs> You heard. I'm making a face at Tom. (laughs) Yeah, what else is new? So why don't you tell us a little bit about this week's guest, Nikki? I would love to. This week's guest is the village... Legendary performer Lady Bunny. Mm-hmm. I so am. I am so in love with her. We had such a great conversation, and toward the end, when I was like, you know, I'm like, we we were on the phone for like literally, I think a half an hour, like at least, like. It was such a long interview, but it was just like a conversation. It was just like, and she's like, oh my god, like you've been on the phone with me so long, and I'm like, no, I literally could have stayed on the phone with her all damn day. In fact, I will. <laughs> if I wasn't sick, I would have been like. I'm coming down to see you because let's hang out. Let's get coffee. <laughs> let's chat. Let's just be best friends. <laughs> That's what she would need. You hacking up a lung all over, right? That would have been fantastic for everyone. I said if I wasn't sick. Mm-hmm. But the reason that we talked to Lady Bunny is because she is having, she's in the middle of a month-long run of her show, her one-woman show, Transgester, which debuted earlier this this year um it ran i believe from april to um like june at the stonewall inn you know the iconic and landmark um lgbt you know landmark site in new york city down in the village um the site of you know the stonewall riot riots back in the 60s and you know what really started the whole lgbt rights movement and the pride movement and everything so it's a really historic venue and you know she had the first run had Crazy celebrities like Susan Sarandon, Michael Musto, um, Rupert Everett, Andy Cohn from Bravo, like the Real Housewives host guy. Yes. So, I mean, like, you know, this show, she covers everything. Like, she just, she holds nothing back. She sings. She's in her sequined outfits. Like, it's absolutely amazing, and it's fabulous, and... <laughs> And you are literally smitten. I am so smitten. I I seriously, like, I am so, so, so smitten because she was just, she's she's an icon. And it was like, holy shit, I'm speaking to Lady Bunny. Because, you know, with the the work that I've done with the gay community in the past, like, you know, like, you get to know people. And, like, you've, you know, I've seen her on the RuPaul show. Like, so it was just like, holy shit. Like, it was a really big holy shit moment for me. And I was really excited. (laughs) And I'm going to say holy shit one more time. And then let's go into the interview. (laughs) Roll that fabulous bean footage. <laughs> Hi, Lady Bunny. How are you? I'm great. Should I turn my AC off so that it, there's not a whir? Um, I uh, I don't hear anything, so it's okay, good on that's my fine. end. <laughs> I won't make you do that. It's going to be like 90 today. <laughs> well, I'll be wearing girdles, support hose, and five wigs, and an inch of makeup. <laughs> I, I, I kind of uh, I don't I, I don't concern myself too much. <laughs> it's it's a constant year round. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for speaking with the High Regard Show. We really appreciate it, and it's quite an honor to have Lady Bunny on the show. And you're halfway through the second leg of Transgester at the Stonewall Inn. Um, Did you alter the show at all from its first leg that ran earlier this year? You know, I added a couple of uh, jokes about, you know, the political 
Candace, nothing mm-hmm. just like a one-liner. But um, I sense that people didn't want to hear anything <laughs> about <laughs> politics. So um, I kept, you know, one or two of them going to run Alexandria <laughs> biting nails. <laughs> right, I know. You know, we talked to a lot of comics, and, you know, it's just like this year is just the first time in my lifetime that I can remember that nobody's laughing about the election. Like, we've been to comedy clubs where, like, jokes are falling flat because, like, there's nothing to laugh about right now with the election. Like, there's so much, but then, like, the realness of it, I think, is just, it's too much. (laughs) Well, and I I think that, you know, our news media has been quick to report on very tabloid issues, which Mm -hmm. are... You know, we all know that Trump called Mexican rapist, insulted Carly Fiorina's face, right. um, said he could shoot a gun and still be elected president and what to ban Muslims. But what what are any of his or Hillary's policies? We all know the state of Hillary's health. What <laughs> what are either of these candidates actually proposing? Because you know whether you know the, the media was all on about this weekend about oh Trump is wooing the black folks. Good luck. <laughs> Why is it news that he is embarking on a strategy which will fail? Why aren't we talking about, you know, what these uh, politicians actually propose? I think the politicians themselves would like that, but I think our news media has really, you know, you can call Donald Trump a reality TV candidate, which he is, uh, but our news has kind of been dumbed down. Right, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And as a journalist, I mean, I totally agree with that. You know, it's see Barrel Mandelbaum. You know, tell me about your dynamics together. And, like, you know, what is your writing process when it comes to writing a show? Well, I uh, travel a good bit. So I will try out bits and pieces on -hmm. the road. And then when I have enough of them, uh, I will, you know, put them together and normal them something. Uh, you know, that ain't no lady. Come up with a title that just kind of suits the fact that it's irreverent or right. dirty, you know, humor and kind of lets people know in the title that it's dirty. But this show, of course, I'm not going to be high, you know, I'd like people to get off their high horses about political breakfast and laugh. But the, the, uh, the, the thing that, uh, I, I would kind of like to, to say is that I don't want to be so high minded myself that I, I, I say that there's, this is a message show. It's largely mm-hmm. pee pee and poo poo and, uh, <laughs> um, you know, just jokes about genitals <laughs> and cat humor. I mean, let's, let's be honest. But there is a message in it. I mean, that's all of my shows. But right. in this particular show, you know, there's a message about all of these different words that what we're allowed to use and what, mm-hmm. what point, you know, we're. So that really seems to be resonating with people and it was fascinating to me to uh to see you know this really reach a wider audience than just the gay crowd that would would come to Stonewall and especially interested in to hear what some young straight I, I presume they were straight girls had to say because in the show one thing I talk about is I say what is this slut shaming surely uh you know slut shaming is just someone bitter that you're having sex, and they're not. We can't shame uh, young women out of their desire to have sex, or you can screw the, uh, the forget about the bees dying, the human race is going to And so a couple of them came up to me, you know, and, and were like, um, you know, we found it so freeing, you know, that, that you, you totally like had the magic key that, that, that made us stop thinking, oh, slut shaming, if someone is doing it, they're actually in the wrong. And then uh, then some other young girl came up and said to me, it was very freeing to see that you don't have your arms. And I looked down and said, well, actually, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, you take whatever you get from the show. I, anyway, I, I, I don't think I answered your question, which is um, the, the writing process. Bill Mendelbaum is, um, is, is a, a friend who has a, a Facebook uh, persona who is an older Jewish retiree who is quite mean to her roommate and who steals things and is generally very vicious, like an insult mm-hmm. comment. So mm-hmm. we actually met in real life. I'd actually never really worked with a, a, a writer before, but um, uh, Beryl, or as he's known in real life, Bruce Joke, 
has a way of really putting things into perspective. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'll say I want to, you know, do this show about political correctness, and here are some of the examples, but I don't want it to be a lecture. So we need to pepper it with jokes. You know, often one thing that works well is to make fun of myself you right. know, while I'm, I'm poking fun at others. So, you know, Beryl can take a, an actual statement or a humorous observation that I've made and, you know, soften it somewhat if it's, you know, uh, a sensitive subject matter by kind of turning it around either on back onto myself or into the realm of absurd. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which um, which which works well for me. I mean, one thing that Beryl brought up, which I thought was totally true and uh, kind of relates to politics, is that you know we have all this discussion about political correctness, you know, because mm-hmm. of Donald Trump and he and his followers followers use you know over six of PC you know behavior right. as an excuse to be racist and and sexist and anti-Muslim. But um, the thing is. I am would never vote for any Republican, much less a clown like Trump. <laughs> I'm actually a liberal, like you know, like but to the left of Hillary Clinton, who is saying, "Hold on, we are out of our minds with this PC." So, right. You know, we are. I mean, when, when there was an article in the New York Times uh, uh, saying that you shouldn't refer. Uh, one college campus is saying you shouldn't refer to a group of people of both sexes as you guys because it eliminates, you know, uh, females. And I'm like, but you guys, that's like just plural, like y'all in the South. Right, right? yeah. That's just like, I mean, I, I see, I see like, you know, moms using this allegedly now sexist term, um, you guys, to say, you guys, I told you not to have any popcorn. You know, before dinner. I mean, this is like that. What? Listen, honey, we've got we've got uh, uh, Black Lives Matter. We've got floods. We've got global warming. We've got um, ISIS. Let's not create enemies. Right, right. Let's not create new enemies. You know, in in greedy. You know. Right. Exactly. Something as innocent as that. Yes, I mean, they kind of made it, it you know, it, 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 the, the, I mean, comedy is almost becoming right-wing if the liberals are so PC. Another one was a college where I think you had a lot of Asian students saying, you know, that um, don't ask them where you're from because that implies that you might feel they don't belong. Well, yeah, I guess it might, you know, um, but it's actually where are you from, where are you guys from. Oh, can't say that, yeah. That's actually um, a greeting that every bartender uses as a conversation starter. And, I mean, if you were to say, um, well, where are you got or where your ass is from, (laughs) yeah, that that might indicate a little disapproval on your part. But, honey, we are out of control if we are, you know, um, uh, finding uh, uh, enemies amongst common (laughs) greetings. (laughs) you know it's true like we've gotten and like i mean it sounds like you do believe like this was actually going to be my next question but you know our quest for never-ending politically correctness is like kind of hindering hindering humanity and how we just like just relate to each other like we can't relate to each other anymore because it's like we're not allowed well it's stifling discussion when you insist on, you know, certain words, um, this is making everyone walk on eggshells. Say I meet a, an older Republican, you know, guy, typically the, the, the least likely to, you know, be enlightened about, you know, changing sexual norms. <laughs> and he is pleasant with me, but he doesn't exactly know how to address me because he hasn't encountered someone like me before. Right. And you know what? If he gets it wrong, He's trying to understand and doesn't understand yet. I mean, you know, um, let's not jump down his throat. You know, I wrote something about, um, because, you know, after this election and, you know, even not during election, we still have to live in this country together. Right. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, the, 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 the other thing is, like, I wrote something, you know, they were talking about Matt Bomer, you know, the gay male actor, mm-hmm. cisgendered male. 
um, being cast as a trans role. And I said that, you know, I wrote something that a lot of people shared, including black trans, you know, women, you know, and, and uh, everyone, but, but you know, people really seem, which basically said Hollywood's not fair, you know. Um, but uh, the, when I said, you know, I feel that trans actresses can play, you know, real, real women or drag queens, as Laverne right. Cox is now playing, you know, Francis Berger. And do I, you know, anyway, so people said, oh, when you said trans actresses can play real women, real women was the needle off the record scratch mode. Right. And I, I, because I said, in no way am I trying to imply that trans women aren't real women. I was just, that was, I mean, I guess if I did the, the PC way, I would say that trans actresses can play cisgender women, but I really don't like that word because, you know, cisgender is, and I go into this in the show, we, you know what a cisgender woman is? It's a woman. It's a woman like my mother and my sister. You know, right. they never wanted to transition into anything, and they were, you know, they never did. So it's like you don't come up with um, a name for the vast majority of everything else when, when you know, trans people are like point something of the population. You don't say, oh, would you like Diet Coke or Cis Coke? You know, <laughs> would you like your omelet made with egg whites or Cis eggs? <laughs> it's not the way it works. You don't you know, and then they use cisgender as a slur and say, don't cisgum. I'm like, trans activists, I don't want to, I want you to have your rights, but I mean, if you're creating slurs against 99 point something percent of the population, good luck to you. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, you know, while there's still such a long road ahead, you know, with the way that, you know, with acceptance for the trans community and the gay community, do you think that because, like you mentioned, you know, Laverne Cox and maybe shows like Transparent and the fact that there's, you know, more gay actors that are, you know, out and happy to be so, you know, is do you think that we've taken a step in the right direction finally? Uh, of course we have because trans is, was the last taboo. Trans was not even accepted by some gay people. Okay. So... Um, you know, the, the awareness that has been spread, I mean, I do pick on Caitlyn Jenner in this show, uh, not because she's trans, but because I think she's a idiot, and I think she's so. <laughs> right, absolutely. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't think she deserves a show, and you can't put her at a card table, you know, passing out condoms at L.A. Gay Pride and tell me that that's supposed to be a role model for my community when some people, you know, prepare meals for, you know, people with AIDS. Who can't or, or walk their dogs when they're too sick? I mean, that's just that's just a role model to me. Maybe they weren't an Olympian athlete, but um, I mean, what what a lot of this PC language is doing is actually driving a wedge between segments of the community which were the closest, i.e., the drag and the trans community. And when you talk about the word tranny, which is now banned and it's as offensive as the N word if you are mm-hmm. to leave people, even though there's many trans women who use that word amongst themselves all the time, just as right. some black people don't want other black people to say the N-word. Right. But plenty of black people use the N-word and record it in songs which play on the radio. Right. So, you know, language is different to, to different people, but the tranny is an abbreviation of transvestite or transsexual. That's how I learned the word. In the, so in my community, that's a greeting. So I don't understand how somebody that's trans is going to come into the uh, LGBT community and then uh, transition out of the community and then jump back in and tell me how I can refer to my own community? Hello? I'm still in the community. You left. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, wow, I mean, honey, you got the period before you got the pussy. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, the, 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 what are you on about? It's just like, it's just like I, mean, I, 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 I mean, the drag community and the trans community we got ready together at the same dressing room in nightclubs. We said, okay, sister, you let your hair grow. Okay, you start the hormones. Okay, you let your, your nails grow. You're getting right. pain surgery. You know, that means we are the closest to the trans community than any other sector than the community. But I see GLAD and other, you know, um, big organizations driving a word policing us until there are wedges, you know, between the community which did not exist because they're right. insisting. And I don't... Listen, honey, I am a 50-year-old fat man that wears wigs and calls myself Lady Bunny. 
I do not discourage experimentation with gender roles. Do your right. thing. Put get in uh, hooker drag and put a glitter beard on. Uh, the the, the, the uh, whatever you want to do, you know, you 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 go for it, honey. But don't expect me to know what to call it when you are calling yourself a Z-I-R or a Z-E. <laughs> because I've been out my whole life, and I don't know what that is. Right, exactly. So how is the old Republican man going to know? <laughs> true. It, it, it's true. It's, it's definitely true. And going back to just Caitlyn Jenner for just a second, because I've been very excited to ask you this question. What are five things that you would say to her if the two of you were alone in a room together? Um, well, I, I, the first is I would say I respect your right to transition. I wish you would transition out of the Republican Party, which seeks to destroy <laughs> all the rights to the community that you're trying to join. That right. doesn't make sense to me. And I would say, I, I mean, that's my main reason to dismiss Caitlin is the okay. fact that she's a Republican who chooses, you know, lower taxes over her new tribe. Right. You know, and if you if you are rich, you don't need to worry about housing discrimination against uh, trans or gay people. You don't need to worry about workplace discrimination because you know you're loaded. Right. Um, you know, you can live in a gated community, so you're not experiencing the violence that a trans person who is not, um, you know, well off, who is, you know, walking the streets every day, not in SUVs, um, you know, protected. So, you know, I, 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 I mean, I, I don't know that I would even have five things because <laughs> I just feel that that whole thing is clueless. I mean, I, I would like to say to the producers, you've added all of these quotes friends of Caitlin who were cast on the show as her friends. Mm -hmm. uh, does she not have real friends? I mean, you know, I, we all know that reality TV shows are not real, but my gripe with the, the show is that Caitlin is so uninteresting that they had to add people with personality and, right. you know, to, to even make the show. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, another thing is that I... I uh, Caitlin, listen, I do it, transition into anything you want, darling, but uh, Caitlin has confused a lot of my trans friends. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, 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 I mean, there, there are people who speculate, I mean, that is she trans or is she a cross-dresser who can afford facial feminization surgery? Right. We don't know, but we know that reality show, um, reality TV's motives are always suspect. So when right. you're putting items out there, like one of the people on the show, uh, they tried to say was an item with uh, Caitlin. Uh, honey, that's just not true. I know this person <laughs> for 25 years. I know her gorgeous Italian <laughs> former stripper husband. She's not dating Caitlyn. <laughs> let me let me be real clear on that. And they were trying to plant uh, items in the press like, oh, they were an item. No. Uh-uh. No. Right, right. <clears throat> so it just, the whole thing has, has smacked of insincerity. And the sad thing is, is that older straight guys of any uh, political party are the hardest people to sell on women's rights. Can, we, can mm. you believe we're still discussing equal, you know, pay for women. Right. I mean, in 2016, you know, but, 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 but the patriarchy somehow manages to keep that in place. So I thought that this was a huge opportunity for trans issues because Kate, uh, Bruce was on the box of Wheaties. Bruce was on that poster on their wall, and they revered him as an athlete. So I thought right. this could reach that very tough to reach community. In fact, I think it confused everyone. Right, right. Absolutely. And didn't even entertain. You know, because, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, she's just another part of an entertainment dynasty which was born when, you know, Kim Kardashian belated, uh, you know, some guy on camera. <laughs> I mean, but hey, exactly. And they all suck, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, More ways than one. <laughs> Hello. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would want to 
to tell Caitlin that because that would is, is, is just a different mindset between us, right. you know. And you know, a lot of this I will gladly say I'm older, so I grew up with Blue Steel Ball and Carol Channing, with Wilson. You know, I don't see reality TV as entertainment for myself, right. and I also don't understand the the focus on PC stuff because um, these microaggressions, like saying you guys and and or or, or 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 fussing over correct pronouns. Well, I was more concerned that there wasn't, um, you know, somebody coming after me with a fist raised. So it, it seems right. to be a real, you know, luxury um, to be able to quibble over these names when I don't know. My generation fought for medicine for AIDS. Right. You know, right. We, we were dying, and we were not even allowed to be open. And now they've got, you know, now we are allowed um, to be open. So for a lot of days in my generation, it's frustrating to see people quibbling over words and adding another uh, letter to the LGBTIQA community because we all remember when it was just a gay community. And are we creating divisions which prevent us from moving forward? It's like ISIS versus ISIL. How do you uh, defeat somebody that you can't name? Right, right, exactly, exactly, it's like, yeah, and, you know, and going back to, you know, speaking of the past, and, you know, you've been in New York staple since the mid, you know, well, since the mid-1980s, you know, what is one piece of advice that you would give that lady bunny about her future, like, knowing what you know now, what is one piece of advice you'd give yourself back then? Quit drinking until you are blacked out drunk and falling down and breaking bones, you dumb bitch. <laughs> I don't inter- I don't drink anymore because it interferes with my uh, hard drug usage. But um, <laughs> the, the, that is the advice that I would give myself. And I think and, that's pretty know, good advice. <laughs> you know, I mean, the other thing is, I think sometimes, you know, I don't always get along with my dad. But he did give me some great lessons, and one of them coming from a, you know, he was a town liberal in Chattanooga, Tennessee, who was an anti-draft counselor and who, you know, um, advocated, you know, public transportation. He let me know that it's okay. Sometimes maybe you're right and everybody else is wrong. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that is a real strength, you know, to, to be able to say, uh-uh, hold on, no, I'm not with this. You can all tell me that this is the way that it's supposed to be, but, you know, I know for a fact that look at In Living Color when they did that skit, uh, Men on Film, where the two black queens get reviewed movies and gave two snaps, three snaps up. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> they used every gay stereotype in the book, and one of those actors, at least, was not gay. Um, do, 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 was that homophobic? No! And nor is it transphobic when I'm making fun of Caitlyn Jenner. What, what about the Saturday Night Live skit that was brilliant with Julia Sweeney, um, you know, who plays Pat right, in yeah. permanent gender, and no one knew how to address her. That is comedy. I mean, I'm not even an insult comment, but in the tradition of, you know, Don Rickles, Lisa Lynch-Glampanella, Bianca Del Rio, um, you know, they go out in the audience, they see somebody who has something that is different about them. Maybe they're fat. Maybe they're black. Maybe they have an, uh, maybe they're an older guy with a very attractive uh, wife, and they shine the spotlight on them and humiliate them, and everyone roars with approval. And that's why everyone has come there, including the victims. So right. you know, we can't get away from what comedy has always been, and there's a mean streak to it. I mean, how do you celebrate, um, you know, a big event by getting roasted, where people tell the meanest. Right. Oh my Your God. <laughs> friends are the meanest thing. So mm-hmm. you know, this is this is part of comedy. It, it's like you know, it's like okay, not a, it, it, a, a trans woman, an intersex, and a gender queer walk into a bar and ask the bartender where's the bathroom. He says two doors down the left. But to the left. Not funny. Well, get used to it because that is the future of comedy. <laughs> Right, it's like nobody remembers laughter. Like, in, in this, if we can laugh at ourselves, we'll be able to just get along so much better and stop taking everything so damn serious. Well, exactly. And, and humor can diffuse horrible, uh, you know, situations. You know, I, I right. make a joke about uh, Syrian 
refugee, dating a Syrian refugee, and um, it's tasteless. And after the show, a lady came uh, and introduced herself as uh, being from Syria. And I thought, oh, no, here comes the lecture. Instead, she hugged me and said, we have a saying in my country, the best humor comes from the worst tragedy. And, you know, so, I mean, there are some people who get it. I mean, if I'm making a joke about Bill Cosby, I'm not saying that rape is okay. I'm right. making jokes about the rapist or his old pudding, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> so you have performed with with many of your idols and other artists and celebrities. You know, who is one person, living or dead, that you would love to share the stage with? Um, Diana Ross. Sorry, honey, I'm a queen from that uh, era, era, and she is the boss, Diana she Ross. Is. I mean, I don't think she would want to share a stage with me, and I think I would be happy just to to, to, to observe her in her dressing room, much less share a stage, um, even if I were unseen. But yeah, she she conjures up that kind of uh, of, of magic, and I don't. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, it was totally the whole package, the beauty, the voice, mm-hmm. um, and the, the songs. So right. it wasn't a career based on hype. It was a career um, based on quality that right. I'm not seeing with some, some disposable acts of today. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you're a performer, a writer, a singer, a DJ, et cetera, and so forth. What is left for Lady Bunny to conquer? Like, what is something well, I'm that you also want an, to do? I'm, I'm also an unemployed prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm the, the world's only white, precious impersonator. <laughs> 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 um, you know, I, I do write music uh, that is actually serious. And um, I would love to focus more on that. I mean, I know I'm 54. No one's, I mean, everyone's looking for the next Britney Spears or Beyonce, so they're not, you know, exactly looking for the, um, you know, overweight 54 <laughs> to hit the top of the charts. But it's something I need to express, and right. uh, and I enjoy expressing. So got a couple things that have come out just uh, recently with different producers, and um, it's just listen, I find if I do a little. You know, songwriting, a little comedy, a little DJing, it keeps a little activist blogging or whatever. It, I can't get bored. Right, right, absolutely. And, you know, having said that, finally, you know, when, when the hearing is that you're bored to tears, no, absolutely. I could talk Shut to you up. all damn day. I could talk to you all day, but I'm afraid they'll break in and make us stop talking. <laughs> So when you take the heels and the sequins and the wig off, you know, what do you do in your downtime? How do you just kind of come down from, you know, the the, the pomp of what it, what you do? Um, Xanax. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, is that, you know, I, I always t- have told people when they're griping about the noise in New York City, well, don't move to New York if you don't expect noise. This is not right. a place to keep it quiet. But they've been doing construction starting at 7 a.m. or two years. Oh, my God. Uh, in my home. So, you know, it's like uh, uh, my job out of town will be very late, but the transgender is a 7 p.m. show. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I will, you know, drink coffee and then, you know, it, it's, sometimes it's hard to get sleep, but you have to get sleep early because that construction is going to be starting no matter whether you stayed up until 10, 12, or 4 right. a.m. So it's just uh, I now find myself in the role of the grumpy. Uh, will you be quiet? You know. <laughs> I, uh, I know that all too well, unfortunately. <laughs> I, mean, I don't mind construction, but just please finish, finish. Please. Yeah, exactly. And then when it finishes, you know, across the street, something else will begin. So it's like it's not, you can't win. I know, I know. Well, thank you so much, Lady Bunny. Again, this is such an honor. You know, you are you are fabulous, and I'm so happy that you spoke to the High Regard Show. We appreciate it more than we could ever tell you. So thank you so much. Well, thanks a bunch for having me. 
All right, you have a great day and get to sleep before the construction starts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, love. Thank you. Bye-bye. And there you have it. There we have it. <laughs> and seriously, like, it was a great interview. And the personality was just awesome. Yeah. Like, like, didn't you, like, wouldn't you want to talk to her all the time? I totally, I feel like you didn't even have to talk to her. I could have just listened to her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, she kind of <laughs> did just, like, and, like, the funny thing was, was, like, you know, I, of course, have my set list of questions, like, that I know, like, the points that I want to speak about and everything. And, like, she was just, like... You know, doing almost doing it herself. Like she was basically interview. She was Mario Lopezing herself almost. <laughs> she was completely but in, Mario Lopez, but not herself. in like the annoying Mario Lopez way because she's so much more. Ch- like she's not doing it from a place of ego like he is. Like she just. It's education. Yeah. Like she she knows she's aware of yeah. many many things. And it's like you know, and you get like. You know, and when I was doing the questions, I was kind of like, well, what am I supposed to say? Because I know that some of, like, the writers that I've worked with in the past that are, you know, that write about gay topics and things like that, they're like, you can't say this, you can't say that, you can't say this. Or, you know, as she's called it, the word police. Like, you have to be so careful of words that you say. And it's it's annoying to the point where it's like, okay, I think some people just say, like, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't know... I don't want to offend, so I'm just not going to say anything at all instead of... Because sometimes, like, you get people that are like, that is a very bad word to say. Like, you cannot say that. And it's like... Well, this is kind of what... When we first knew the interview was coming, and you were like, oh, I'm going to interview Lady Bunny, and you started to explain the situation to me. And you actually have known her for a really long time, we found out, because... You know, years ago, when you were working at another paper, mm-hmm. years and years ago, mm-hmm. you found out about her and immediately became infatuated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I would watch her videos and stuff. Like, my friends and I would would watch her videos and just be like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's she's so funny. She's so, like, on point with, like, you know, she she's not afraid to talk about the things. But also make you, you know, talk about the issues and things like that. But make you realize that, like... The biggest, like, one of the things that struck me the most was when she was, like, the luxury that the people have that, like, you can't say the word tranny. You can't, like, we have to say, like, there's an A and at the end of LGBTQIA. Like, there's, you know, when when you're thinking of all that, like, it's a luxury to be offended by those words when she was worried about getting a fist to the face when she was walking through the streets in New York back in the 80s when she first got here. So, like, when you put it in that perspective, it's like... Shut up, word police. Like, they're words. Like, I know that there's transgender people where I came from, but I can only imagine what their life is like, like how hard their life is from, you know, in northeastern Pennsylvania where people are just like, they shouldn't, you know. Do we know any of those people? We do. We know know (laughs) way more people like that than I care to admit, unfortunately. But that's the area, and it is lack of education and stuff. It is, yeah. And, you know, and that was the other thing when she was talking about, like, you know, the one of the hottest audiences right now are like older men are harder to reach with these topics than anybody else because they are all set in their ways mm-hmm. and how you know you might want to educate them but they're going to put up a fight in order to be educated but it doesn't mean you have to stop trying to and educate them and again it doesn't mean that all men like that are like that right you know because there are people that want to to learn more so that they could be more beneficial like you hear about you know those rare politicians that are like i'm going to fight for these rights because they deserve it but like you like and you see them getting educated and you know working with the community so that they can better serve them so it's like but you can't group them all in together but the majority you know well that's (laughs) and it's group mentality too Mm -hmm. and I think, like, what is promising is that the younger generations, for the most point, are, like, being taught about these situations. Mm -hmm. They're more open, yeah. More open, and I feel like also there are definitely more policies in place as far as, you know, 
just the mental aspect of it, like awareness about like, mm-hmm. you know, how many homeless kids are homeless because they're coming out as gay to their parents right. and either their parents won't accept it because they don't understand it or the kids themselves, you know, don't know how to explain to their parents that they're gay and will wind up, you know, running away from home right. rather than trying to face the issues at hand. And or fit into the box that they've been compartmentalized into. Right. So, I mean, you know, I feel like luckily the younger generation is definitely pushing forward to try to address these issues, to mm-hmm. try to like help people going right. forward. I think that seriously, it, it comes right down to it. Like Lady Bunny and people like her need to be around more so that people can understand it. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I know we said it like a hundred times that the best way you can educate somebody usually is through humor. Right. And, you know, we were watching it like last week and I know this is semi unrelated, but like, you know, watching like Jeff Ross roast cops mm-hmm. on Comedy Central, we thought that was gonna be a complete clusterfuck. But right. by the time it was all done, there was so much more understanding as far as what the cops go through, what the community goes through. And, you know, I I really don't think, unless he was there, a lot of those interactions between cops and community would have happened. And I feel like just him being there for a couple of days right. recording. And he was in a place that, like, you know, probably when this was being recorded and stuff like that, like, you know, statistic might have might have changed since then with everything that happened this year. But, like, you know, Boston had, was historically, like a really criminal-laden place, you know? It was really riddled with with violence and things like that in certain areas of Boston. And they have had, like, what, like, 35 shootings? Or, like, they had, like, like a cop... 35 sh- murders. Yeah, like, and a cop was, was shot the day that, like, he got into town to, like like you know shadow the police officers on their patrols and, things and make like fun that. of them so they yeah. were very yeah upset so like with they're on there. right and they were on very high alert because like right before he did that he was at like a rally in new york like a black lives matter rally and stuff and you know but the shooting occurred that day the the, the suspect was not shot he was taken like non-violently like he was taken in custody non-violently which well. doesn't happen i mean well <laughs> until he got in the van but who knows whatever <laughs> as far as we know but he was still alive he was still yeah, he was still that's alive, it. He was we'll, still we'll alive to that. file yeah. his lawsuit down the road i'm sure yes but the fact of the matter is that like you know there needs to be people especially like in the comedic world that yeah that can, can yeah portray us what their causes yeah in a funny way but, and make people laugh at themselves for thinking certain things but also just show that like we're all a human at the end of the day we are all made up of the same flesh and the same blood <laughs> What? I just got what? Like, I felt really proud of that. Very, very deep, Nikki. <laughs> I thought, I, seriously, as you started, I thought you were going to tell me a poison lyric. I was like, is this going to be a poison lyric? And then, like, it kind of just, like, stopped. And I was like, it was, oh, no, it was wisdom. My it, bad. It was, well, Flesh and Blood is my favorite poison album. <laughs> well, I think that can end the discussion on that right there. I think we're, I think we're. We're out of our poison era. But again, thank you to Lady Bunny for an awesome, awesome interview. And, you know, just, you know, talking about the things that need to get talked about and stuff. I mean, you know, it's it's rough when you're a comedian and, you know, you're talking politics, especially in this day and age when, right. you know, nobody wants to hear about politics, you know. At out, all. Yeah. yeah. Or outside of what the person you're not voting for is doing wrong. Because <laughs> seriously, that's what it's come down yeah. to. Nobody's saying what people are going to be doing. It's just everybody's watching the news to see what the people they're voting against are doing wrong. Right. As just opposed to, to solidify what's going to get done like, for them. Yeah. Like my vote for this orange asshole is going to be, you know, but whatever. <laughs> yes, whatever. So... You ready? Let's wrap it up and go on to a new segment. <laughs> I know you're like all giddy about it. Seriously. I'm so excited. I feel like 
I'm not excited. Yeah. Punching a hole in a wall right now. That's what's going on in my mindset. Well, I, I can understand that because I would be too, man. I would be a hell of a lot bitchier than you're being. That's for sure. I'm holding it together for the show. But as soon as the show is over, I'm going to blow the fuck up probably. And I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the bank, goddammit. <laughs> so, the new segment, it's going to be called Roly Poly Rorty, which is going to be... It's the cutest thing in the world. I'm sorry. Go on. Okay. My journey to gastric sleeve surgery, which as of right now is going to be happening in two weeks and should be a mostly cure-all for every single thing that is going wrong with me outside of the summer colds that I have gotten over the last couple of weeks. (laughs) If only, if only there was some kind of NyQuil embedded in that sleeve that could just stop it from happening. If only. (laughs) So let's roll the new roly-poly Rorty bumper music and get the show on the road. Quite the uh, amped up intro music to the segment. I love it. (laughs) All right. Since it's totally new and we're starting right from the beginning, let's just say that when we had the idea for the segment this past week... um, (laughs) I'm in love with the name. It was like (laughs) 2 o'clock in the morning, probably, because there's been no sleep, really. No, this week has been shit. (laughs) And we were like going, hey, how about we document the journey of gastric sleeve surgery, which I'm about to have in two weeks. And not just the the surgery, but like the weight loss journey that you're going to have, the healthier eating that we're going to have, because you're not in this alone, because if there's anything that we do as a couple, it is one up each other. Well, we did discuss what would happen if you did make the very grave mistake of opening a pack of Reese's peanut butter cups around <laughs> me. Like, we know what the consequences of something like that would be. So we do have to kind of curb ourselves for your safety. My my, my <laughs> binge eating will be when you're in the shower and can't hear the rustling of paper. <laughs> oh, my God. And my binge eating would just be to have my mouth open under the shower faucet, <laughs> sucking in all the water, because that's about all the diet consists pretty, of at this point. That is pretty much what you could have, yeah. So, you know, week after week, we're going to just, like I said, document, like, what happens. Um, We're two weeks out from the surgery. It's not something that we really talked about because it's something that the date kept kept changing, you know. As things do, yeah. And for anybody who's thinking about doing it, let's start off by saying it is a six-month process. Like, if you... At least. (laughs) Right. If you want to get gastric sleeve surgery or something like that, it starts six months out. You need six months of documentation, and you that need... you have health issues, or right. you know, weight like you know that you have a weight problem, and yeah. So you know, it's a matter of you know, it is a long term thing for me. I kind of fell into it because I thought I had food poisoning. They like thought it was you know a bunch of other things. They thought sleep apnea. They thought heart problem. They thought all these different things. And finally, when it came right down to it. They were like, the only thing that's going to help you at this point in time, because what they believe it is now is like an intestinal problem, Mm -hmm. is if I lose a lot of weight rapidly. Right. And since they have been doing, I've been going to so many appointments and they've been doing like body measurements the entire time because my weight has been fluctuating so much since this thing has started. You know what I think it is? What? I think it's the alien, like... In in your stomach, like in um, Spaceballs. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my sugar pie. I kind of wish it was that because it would just pop out and I'd be done already and I could go get a cheeseburger. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Like seriously at this point in time. (laughs) So, I mean, the struggle is real, people. Like being heavy in this country is, uh, you know, a big deal. I did not go into this, though, just trying to lose weight. Like this wasn't the purpose was to lose weight. It was... It's a matter of the doctor saying, you got 11 good years left, maybe. Right. We might be able to come up with something that can stop the pain somewhere down the road. But as of right now, there is nothing. This might help. All right, go ahead, do it. 
Yeah, and like, and it's interesting to say that, like, you know, this isn't a good place for you know fat people, considering that so many Americans are fat and overweight and have health problems. But the or the front half of the show was all about you know being inclusive to everybody, and it just seems like you know we have all these word police about things that you can and can't say about gay people, about black people, about etc. and so forth. But fat people are fair game. Oh yeah, without a doubt, and you know we don't make it easy on ourselves. Like it is definitely, I would say obesity affects everyone from, it doesn't matter what gender you are, what race you are, anything else, but. And for different reasons. But in a way it kind of is skewed more towards people of lesser income is basically, and I think that's a very fair statement because, you know, you go downtown to Soho here where it's very expensive. You go down to the financial district and you know these places where mm-hmm. people make money because it's the only way they can be in those places for the most right, part. Yeah. And they are healthier because they can afford fresh fruits and the vegetables. And stuff like that. And, yeah. You know, and it's they, easier, yeah. Right. Whereas us, it's kinda like, all right, you know, budget wise, what are we gonna have? And it's like going, Well, we can have, you know, fresh vegetables or we can have pasta (laughs) well we're gonna be able to afford fresh vegetables now because we're not going to be seamlessing out the ass like we usually do every single day and i hear your poor little tummy right now it is like i want to say something (laughs) i have something to say (laughs) you pipe down stomach you pipe down but this is what it's gonna be so for the next two weeks it's liquid diet um, they and started yesterday. And how's that going for you, honey? Um, how's it going for you? <laughs> because I don't know. I ate my lunch in the bedroom today because <laughs> I felt very, I feel very bad, you know, and I'm trying to eat, you know, lighter as well just to, you know, so that, because what we're going to be doing with this, you know, is we're going to be documenting Tom's, you know, Tom's side of things, what it's like preparing for this, being the one that has to have just this liquid only diet. But then a lot of things that people don't talk about when, you know, the, the bloggers on that, because I've read a lot of weight loss bloggers and, you know, a lot of them don't talk about, you know, that have had the surgery, what it's like for the people that are living with you, because it's not just happening to you, because in order to be successful, you have to do it with you everybody know, as a in family, the house. like Absolutely. it has to be like a joint effort because we've when you went to a nutritionist like two years ago or three years ago, we both lost a ton of weight because we did it together. We sat down and we're like, we're gonna do this together because if I'm sitting there eating a bag of Reese's peanut butter cups a night and you're eating salmon and you know vegetables and things like salmon. that, salmon. I'm just saying, like <laughs> if you're eating things that are healthier and I'm not, like somewhere down the line you're gonna just come over to the dark side so it's like take all that temptation away and do it together so that it's gonna be successful but i'm gonna be writing about you know some of the things that what it's like dealing with someone who can't eat like it's horrible to even fathom that but like and what it's like as you're going through this journey from my perspective of living with you yes and and like i like nikki just said this will be Besides just um, part of the podcast now um, in Every a segment, um, yes, it will also be online, um, kind of like as a journal type of thing, where we will take, tr- we'll trade chances every other week. Like, mm-hmm. I will write what it's like doing this, and I will not hold back. So if you're thinking about doing, you know, a gastric sleeve, you will know the ugly truth, not just the, it's the greatest thing I ever did, which is what everybody tends to tell you, but they don't tell you what all the stuff leading up to that is. No, <coughs> Nobody says, like, you know, hey, you know what? Day two, you're going to be losing your mind because you are not going to have any food for yeah. two days in a row. You're going to throw the broccoli across the kitchen. <laughs> you will throw the broccoli you, across you, the kitchen, you, you. and you will want to kill the person who agreed with you that tomato soup was on the list of available foods, even though it's not, which ruins every other recipe you had in your head. Oh, it can make it with tomato soup. There is no tomato soup on the recipe. So there'll be <laughs> things... And so the so are you saying that the biggest piece of advice that you would give to somebody right now, right this very second on day two, yes. is read and reread 
the instruction list because every single time we look at that fucking list, it's like a completely different thing. But I think it's because it's what you want. Like it, it, it's so easy to like read through it, like the entire like. Mm-hmm. You know, from like, here's what happens the first two weeks. Here's what happens two weeks after surgery. Here's what happens week three after surgery. It's easy to read that and be like, it's not so bad because, you know, eventually real foods kind of do get introduced back into it. So you're looking so far ahead that you're not thinking about like, you got to make it past these two weeks to get to the next two weeks. Right. And we just, you know, and that's just, you know, human stupidity that, you know, we just did that. And and I think it's also that you just want it to be that. Like, it's kind of like nobody wants to, like, look at the list and say, oh, I can have broth. And then after having broth, realize, oh, it was the wrong broth. Now what did I screw up? <laughs> and, I, and I highly doubt I screwed anything up. I mean, seriously, because I did use the wrong bullion cubes or whatever. But, right. you know, it's just a matter of. If you think it's something that you want to do, like just regardless of what anybody says, I will tell you, just at the starting point, it is not easy. Nothing to this point has been easy. And if you, if I say, is it the greatest thing I've ever done? I'm not there yet. This is probably <laughs> the stupidest thing I have ever done as of right now. I'm hoping I get to the point where other people say this is the greatest thing I've done. I'm not there yet. But- so far, I'm totally... I don't like this at all. But like Confucius or whomever said it, all great journeys start with a single step or a single slim fast shake. Just one. I can have five every day. (laughs) There is lunch. And there is the end of this week's first Roly Poly Rorty. It's such a cute name. Ah, Okay, I feel like we're up to the point of, did you know? My goodness. And then, uh, that's it. Uh, Episode number 51, man, coming to a close quickly. Yes. All right, let's get to did you know. All right, hang on. Did you know? All right, this week's did you know. Of course, goes back to the whole Lady Bunny conversation because seriously, we are still so excited that we had her on the yes. show this week. And it's about Chloe Allen, who is who had become the first transgender soldier on the army front line in the British Army. Yes, like it literally just happened. Literally. So, Chloe Allen from Cumbria. You love when I read, don't you? Whatever. I'm not a reader. I like pictures better. That's okay. Chloe Allen from Cumbria joined the Scots Guard as a man in 2012, but began hormone therapy in the last month and has officially changed her name. The Army said it was delighted to have its first woman in a close combat role. (laughs) Then Prime Minister David Cameron followed a recommendation in July from the head of the Army that women should be able to serve. The application process for female recruits was due to open later this year. But Guardsman Allen, who had official documents changed by deed poll from her birth name of Ben to reflect her new name and status has now been informed she will be able to stay in the infantry as a woman. I think that's awesome. I think it's totally great. And I don't understand, like, why, especially in a time where, like, I don't know how it is in Britain, but here in the United States, all military is depleted. It's not what it once used to be where people wanted to just, like, get in and join the military. Right, yeah. So if, like, somebody wants to join and they're willing to fight for their country, which is such an admirable thing. Absolutely. Fucking let them. But not something that I would want to do. Right, yeah. And it's, you know, and and it's awesome that we can have that freedom to say, like, you know, we don't have to do a draft or something like that. But, like, like... Yeah, I. It, You're it, willing it, to do it, so it, Godspeed. Who cares who you are, what you think, who you want to be? Be who you are and do it. It just goes back to what we were saying before when we were saying how it does not matter what, you know, 
your sexual preferences, orientation is, you, none of that matters. At the end of the day, we're all just people. And look, man, if you want to do, if you want to join the army, that's fine. You want to put on a dress, that's fine. If you want to put on pants, no one gives a shit. Walk into any bathroom, it doesn't make a difference. At the end of the day, just be normal to each other. Yeah. And these issues will just go away and we can find other things to bitch about together. Right. Like, let's just be humans. And that's it. And to all those people that are out in the military, we very much appreciate everything you do for us. And that is this week's Did You Know? For the troops. Did you know? That was a jam-packed episode, if I do say so myself. Jesus Christ. I, and when, it's weird because after you had the interview, we were looking at like the time that we had to record, and we were like, oh, we got like 30 minutes tops. And then once the chatty Cathy's get started. <laughs> man, oh man. Well, you know, I feel like over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be able to smooth out some of the wrinkles, especially because yeah. we added a new segment because and you stuff are, like yeah, that. And, and, and you are not of your sound mind right now. I am literally losing my mind, and my I, I feel like my mood is going from like I feel good, it's gonna be all right, and then like literally two minutes later, I'm like going, I'm gonna fucking kill somebody yes. right now. So, so let's just get to the end of the show before that happens. <laughs> so, um, really quick, Lady Bunny is at the Stonewall Inn um, <clears throat> Wednesday through Saturday at 7 p.m. until August first. Or oh, I'm sorry, August. August first. It started in August. Are we taking until, the Wayback Machine, Nikki? Is that what we're doing? Machine. So it's Wednesday to Saturday, 7 p.m. shows until October first at the iconic Stonewall Inn at um, oh my God, where's the address? 53 Christopher Street in the West Village. It is so cool down there. It is. It is. Just and the go show. See her. Yes, and you could find um, more information at ladybunny.net. Yes. And if you would like to learn more about us, please check out our show and the new segment that we will, we will be adding online now. Um, and at, talking about on social media. And talking about on social media at highregardshow.com. And if you would like to share any stories with us, as usual, or if you would like to complain about, you know, my ramblings of today i don't really give a shit but you're more than welcome to (laughs) you can send us an email at highregardshow at gmail.com and you could find us on all social media including instagram where we are going to be sharing weekly photos of tom's weight loss journey at high regard show and get ready for next week's anniversary show, gang. One year, and we got a pretty special guest. We <laughs> Stay tuned for that surprise. And until next week. Peace out, Cub Scouts. We bid you adieu.